0: That was short, I need a a longer bumper. Well, we are starting a new series, and it's a series I'm really kind of excited about. I hope you will ultimately be as well. But I want to start by asking a question. If someone were to ask you, what is the singular most important thing that ever occurred in your life, the thing that's influenced you more than anything else in your entire life, the thing that, has made the most positive difference in you what would come to your mind and for some of you it might be well it was you know when I met my spouse or when I got that certain career opportunity it might be various things so I'm not trying to you know push anybody into one little place but were you to ask me that um, I would say without the blink of an eye (sighs) but with a lot of pent up emotion uh, it was when I became a follower of Christ I'm here not because I was some guy that grew up in church world and who thought gee that looked like it looks like it might be fun to do up until age 23 folks you had you know me you would not have liked me you're thinking well we don't like you that much now (laughs) you would have liked me even less then and uh, I was about as far from where I ended up as you could imagine And I would say without a shadow of doubt, it was when I became a follower of Christ. Nothing, nothing has touched every part of my life so deeply and so continuously as when I came to Christ. And the only reason, and I mean it, the only reason I do what I do is because I do not believe. I came to this conviction at age 23 that there is no greater gift that a human being, any human being, I don't care where they're at in life, I don't care how successful they are, there is no greater gift that a human being can ever have, ever experience than becoming united with Christ their creator. And so that, that started a trajectory in my life that has continued to this point. At that point, when I realized that not only did God want me, love me, forgive me, receive me with open arms, was he ready to teach me who I am, why I'm here, where I'm going, what the purpose and the meaning of life is, but that he was ready to do that for anyone that found him desirable and trustworthy. Did you hear what I just said? He's ready to do that for anyone, anyone, Caveat that finds him, him not just going to heaven, him personally, him desirable and trustworthy, he will start a transformation process in that human being's life, and it will continue right unto into eternity, those that find him desirable and him trustworthy. And, and so I started out on this pathway. this news was so good that life had meaning and had purpose that we were not stuck in this world where people hate each other and where people do terrible things to each other and where one war follows another war and one crime follows another crime. When I found out, no, God is there. He's working out a plan. He's intervened in the past. He promises he's gonna intervene in the future. He's revealed himself comprehensively and compellingly and all we have to be willing to do is to find him desirable and to find him trustworthy and his arms and his kingdom are wide open to each and every human there's no human being there's nothing that a person that could ever do has ever done that puts them beyond the reach beyond the passionate love of our creator he always has time for every human being he always has space for our feelings he loves us he wants us and shows with vulnerable outstretched arms on a cross the degree to which he wants us to belong to him. This is news, folks. This is news that to me is the most extraordinary good news. There's a day coming when evil's going to end. There's a day coming when disease is going to end. There's a day coming when prejudice and hatred and crime and conflict, conflict of every kind is going to end that may or may not matter a great deal to you right now but I'm going to tell you the older I become the more precious that truth is it struck my heart at age 23 it's kept a fire going right up to this point and it becomes even more precious this gift this gift that we call the gospel or the good news there's nothing like it there's nothing like it there, there's nothing that can make such a positive impact on a person's life you can you can give a person education and don't get me wrong education is a great thing and you can give a person you know the financial means that make for a better life and that's a good thing and we could add on you can give people relational comfort and support and encouragement and these are all wonderful things and frankly they all come from the heart of God but there is nothing 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 that can do more, that can do greater good in a human, through a human, for the world that when an ordinary, broken, fallible human being returns to Christ their creator because they're just knocked out by who he is and what he's about and they find him trustworthy, and everything inside of them changes and says, you know what? I don't know what anybody else in the world is doing, and this is what happened to me at age 23. It was like, I don't really know what anybody else is doing. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know what all my friends that I was hanging with were going to do, but one thing I knew, this is it for me. I am going to follow him, and I'm going to follow him fully. I'm following him freely, because he's won my heart, and I'm going to follow him forever, and that is, that turned out to be greatest gift, greatest experience in my life, and it continues, it continues to this day. Now, this series is about good ways to share the good news. So we are given this this body of good news. The, The word gospel, you're gonna see in just a minute, it really means good news. It's a Greek word, euangelion. It's used over 100 times in the New Testament, but it's good news. In this series, here's my goal in this series. My goal is that by the end of this series, you will feel so confident, so competent, so motivated to share this good news. Remember what I said at the beginning, you'll feel confident, you'll feel competent, because I know, I know a lot of times, Christ followers don't feel confident or don't feel competent to share the message of Christ. I'm going to put it out there. I'm, I'm going to promise you this. I'm going to do things for you in this series to bring this into the place where you can get your hands on it, where I believe with all my heart you're going to feel competent and you're going to feel confident and you're going to, you're going to start sharing the good news as a regular part of your life. That, that's my goal, nothing less. Is my goal in that in this series. What I'm not going to do, I'm not going to make you feel guilty if you're still not ready to to take that step. I'm not going to make you feel like a second-rated Christian or anything like that. But what I hope to do is free you to put some tools, to put some some clarity in your hands that will free you to do what I know every real Christ follower wants to do and wants to do better so that's the goal so good ways to share the good news now let's talk about this word i I already shared the greek word it's it's the new testament was written in greek the old testament was written in hebrew a little bit aramaic but the entire new testament was originally written in greek alexander the great conquered the world of his day in the fourth century and everywhere he conquered he left his language and so believe it or not all those jews in jesus day all the apostles too they were speaking greek as well as hebrew So, the New Testament was written in Greek. So, the word gospel or good news, it was a Greek word, euangelion. Now, here's in the NIV, the New International Version, here's the way it's used. Sometimes it's translated, the good news is about, or it explains it's about the kingdom of God, eight times. Sometimes it's just the message itself, the word gospel or good news, it's just talking about the message. Now, in those 70 references, nearly every one of them is linked to christ please keep that in mind he is the center of the good news 70 times and then sometimes it just overtly says it's the good news about jesus christ 20 times four times it's the good news about god two times it's the good news of peace one time it's the good news of god's grace and one time the good news about your salvation so this series is going to be about good ways to share the good news now we're going to start by reading a rather long portion of scripture but but it's it's so powerful folks because it's beautiful in its simplicity you're going to hear something today some of you are already familiar with some of you perhaps are familiar with it but you haven't internalized it to the point that it's become a powerful motivational factor in your life and, and I hope at the end of today, it will be just that. So I'm going to start. We're going to read a rather long portion of Scripture. By the way, now that we're getting, you know, more and more back to normal, we'll go back to saying, those Bibles that are in your chairs, turn to page 445, and we'll read it together. The reason we haven't had you doing that is because, you know, everybody's afraid of touching stuff and all like that. And that's why we've had these long portions of Scripture on the screen. So we're, we're, going, we're going to turn the corner. By the way, you have no idea how exciting it is for me to look out there and see your faces. You, you really have no idea. Okay, I, I've been fighting the past two Sundays. I'm going to be just level with you. I sit over there, and I'm going through the worship service, and, and tears are just erupting out of me. And I'm like, no, you've got to cool it. You've got to get yourself together. You can't go up there and just bawl through the whole service. But uh, the Spirit of God through, through Pete and the team's music has just been so moving to me week in and week out. Yeah and uh, it's hard it's hard to get up here switch gears so I'm gonna try Uh, there is one verse before I read an elongated portion of scripture that I want to share with you this is in Romans chapter 10 14 it says but how can they call on him if they have not put their trust in him how can they put their trust in him if they have not heard of him and how can they hear of him unless someone tells them now I want you to think about something what do we call <laughs> this is not a quiz but what, what do we call Matthew, Mark, Luke and John they are the four gospels that's that word euangelion they are the four good newses we could say or the four books of good news but think about this we, we've kind of reduced this term gospel down to oh well if Jesus died for your sins and rose again you put your trust in him you can go to heaven not that that isn't good news, it's good news but mind you God says, you gotta take in everything that Matthew says and Mark says and Luke says and John says to really get the full good news because it's bigger than just a sentence or two. It's meant to lead to that life transforming decision that, like I say, I made back at age 23, but it's, it's a bigger body of information. That's why I wanted you to see this verse. We can't put our trust in Christ unless we know something about him. Um, Too many times in church world through my years, I've seen people that that they urge people to put trust in a formula. You know, like, do you want to go to heaven? Do you want to make sure your sins are forgiven? Well, just ask Jesus to be your savior. Well, Well, that's trust in a formula. You cannot trust in someone, this verse is telling us, unless you know enough about them right you wouldn't trust me unless you if, if i said empty your bank account if you trust me empty your bank account give it to me i'm gonna hold on to it for five months and then i'm gonna give it back to you tenfold if you trusted me what would you do you'd empty your bank account but you would want to know a little bit about me right you want to know about, you know, my ability to handle money and my honesty and so forth. We can't trust in someone we don't know about. We have to know about Christ before He will be desirable, before we will find Him trustworthy, before we can be authentically converted or transformed in the way that God intends for this to to do in our life. All right. Now let me take you to a portion of Scripture. Here we go. The Gospel of John chapter 1 verse 35 it says the next day John was there again with two of his disciples and this is John the Baptist all right with two of his disciples when he saw Jesus pass by he said look the Lamb of God when the two disciples heard him say this they did what it's interactive (laughs) they followed Jesus okay let's go on turning around Jesus saw them following and asked what do you want they said rabbi which means teacher where are you staying come he replied and you will see so they went and they saw where he was staying and they spent the day with him it was about four in the afternoon now here's where it gets gets where we're going the key lesson we're, we're about to learn the spirit of God wants to share with us afresh Andrew Simon Peter's brother was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus the first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon which we know him as Peter who becomes the head of the apostles 1 Peter 2 Peter you know written by Peter through the spirit. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him we have found the Messiah that is the Christ. So mind you it's it's a brother getting a brother. All right? And he brought him notice he brought him he invited him to jesus jesus looked at him and said you're simon son of john you will be called cephas which when translated is peter which really means little stone little rock now let me show you what happens next the next day jesus decided to leave for galilee finding philip now here's a new character finding philip he said to him follow me so now jesus initiates goes out and finds somebody and says you i i I want you to be my my follower my my inner circle guy follow me philip like andrew and peter was from the town of bethsaida philip found who nathaniel good name if you happen to be having a baby or something nathaniel nathan (laughs) philip found nathaniel nathaniel and told him we have found the one moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote jesus of nazareth the son of joseph nazareth this is this is nathaniel's response nazareth can anything good come from there nathaniel asked come and see said philip now now this is the key to the message today frankly philip philip doesn't argue with him He says okay i I get it nazareth's got a bad reputation i get it you just come and see just come and check it out for yourself come and see end of the passage now what we see is this we see something very simple and very powerful these individuals end up with their lives forever changed forever and they start a string of change that touches multitudes of other lives right down to this day but it all started with something rather simple and that's what I want to focus your attention on today good ways to share the good news number one way just invite there there is so much power in just inviting the last one Philip says to Nathaniel says I'm I'm not going to argue with you I'm not not going to get into details but it's you come you just come and see you come and check it out for yourself. Just just come. Andrew goes and gets his brother. He says, Peter, come on. I, I, I want to introduce you to somebody. I, j- I just want you, I want you to meet Jesus. I, I believe he's the Messiah, but you just meet him for yourself. You you decide for yourself who you find him to be. So let's start by asking us: who might I invite? And what should I look for? What's the criteria? So so the Spirit of God doesn't put this passage here for us to have a history lesson. He wants us to ask the question, who can I invite? I I mean, Andrew invited his brother, right? He invited his brother, Peter. And Nathaniel, or excuse me, Philip invited his friend, his friend. How many of you in here have at least one person that you think might be comfortable being called your friend. Can I see your hands? All right, all right. We have we have nobody in here that's friendless. How many of you in here have uh, relatives of any kind? Can I see your hands? <laughs> you have to, right? <laughs> now you may not have a brother, you may not have a sister, but you've got a relative. So let's let Peter represent a relative, and let's let you know Nathaniel represent a friend this is really really simple conceptually speaking so let's let's look for criteria then so what should i look for if i'm if i'm asking the spirit of god today if if lord you want me to do what andrew did to do what philip did and you just want me to invite someone to interact with you to come and meet you and by the way what does the scripture say? What is another term the scripture has for the church? The Greek word that it's used for church is ecclesia, It means the called out assembly. But in 1 Corinthians 12, for example, and in Romans 12, for example, and in Ephesians 4, for example, does anybody happen to know the church is called the what of Christ? The body of Christ. Jesus sacrificed his body on the cross to show that that his heart was open wide, that forgiveness was offered to all humanity, that he loved the world, and that all we had to do was return and trust. But he had to sacrifice his body to demonstrate his love. We'll read that later in a verse and now he says though for we that have put our trust in him and are his followers we're his body now the best place to meet jesus listen, listen folks the best place in the world to meet jesus today is in his body and that's any local church that is true to the word of god true to the good news of christ and who is communicating that accurately and whose people are living it out to the best of their ability Jesus is going or people are going to meet Jesus better in a local church of the sort that I just described than anywhere else and so when we invite someone we're not just feeding our own flock as it were we are inviting people to the place where the spirit of God is going to have the greatest ease to introduce them to Jesus he's going to meet a little bit something different from jesus in you than he's going to meet in me he's going to meet something again a little bit different than jesus in you we're all together the members of christ's body and when someone comes amongst the body of christ the spirit of god has freedom through the many members your individuality my individuality to show Jesus to that person. And of course, critical to the whole process is we, we show them the record that God has left of himself, the precious record he has left in his word. So who might we invite? Well, let's, let's try to follow the pattern of Andrew and to follow the pattern of Philip. Someone with whom we have relational credibility now you may not have relational credibility with your relatives (laughs) I mean evidently Andrew had a good relationship with Peter but who do we have relational credibility with one was a brother was a relative the other one was a friend listen this is the spirit of God suggesting to us just look for those that you already have a comfortable interaction with you have a comfortable relationship with them They kind of like you. Maybe they love you. Maybe they respect you. They think highly of you. They enjoy being around you. Who do we have relational credibility with? That's the person the Spirit of God is saying, go there, look for that person. That's who I want to lead you to connect with. And all I want you to do, I just want you to invite them. Just just in your own way, try to get them into the proximity of Jesus so that they can check him out for themselves on a deeper level the second thing we want to look for is those that have spiritual or those that we have spiritual affinity with you see the thing about andrew was this andrew went and got peter because he was confident He was confident that Peter spiritually speaking was right where he was at you see Jews in that time they were expecting the arrival of the Christ of the Messiah they had been waiting for some 1500 years but they knew based on Daniel chapter 9's prophecy that that the time for the arrival of the Messiah the Christ had come and so Andrew knew my brother my brother's just like me He is looking for the the intervention of God. I'm looking for the Messiah. My brother's looking for the Messiah. They had spiritual affinity. He was not someone that was completely disinterested. How many of you can remember a time in your life when you were completely disinterested in God? You really tried to avoid him and any conversation about him as much as you could. I can remember. I I spent my first 23 years that way. But then there was a change, and so what the Spirit of God is trying to teach us is look for those, look for those that we have relational credibility with, okay? And then look for those that we have spiritual affinity with, or we have reason to believe we have spiritual affinity. They might not be a Christ follower yet, they might not be a Christian yet, but they're open, they're looking, they're they're not militantly closed there's different seasons in people's life the third thing is look for those that have situational probability with us and by situational probability i mean it was it was a movement they were listening to john the baptist they knew that god had sent a prophet after 400 silent years when the old testament shut closed 400 years went by with no prophet, no word from God. And they knew that Israel was waiting eagerly. They were expecting the Messiah's arrival. And now they knew a prophet, God had given a prophet again. God was speaking directly to his people through John the Baptist. Multitudes were flocking around John the Baptist. They were going uh, to be baptized to prepare for the reception toward the Messiah. They were repenting of their sins. They they were trying to prepare themselves to be spiritually receptive. It was a climate it was a season where there was a lot of movement a lot of movement toward God you know and I know if you have a credible relationship with someone you know a lot about them and if you know that you also have spiritual affinity with them you know enough about that person to know what season it is in their life there are seasons in each of our lives when we are open to God and we're seeking to some degree and there are seasons where we are not and if we're close enough to somebody relationally, if we have cred- a credible relationship with them and spiritual affinity with them, we, we know the timing. This is God teaching us, look for the people that you already have a comfortable relationship with. Look for people that you have reason to believe you have a spiritual affinity. They're, they're kind of spiritually open. And look for people that you know this is the right season in their life. I, I mean, let, let me just give you an example. Sometimes when people are going through a lot of changes in their life, they start to ask those fundamental questions that we tend not to ask when everything is going easy breezy and we're busy and distracted. They start asking things like, I don't get it. What is life about? What is the meaning of it all? Why why am I here anyway? Why do I bother? There's got to be more than this. When you know that there's a season in their life where they are more or less open, maybe they've gone through some kind of crisis, they've gone through some sort of a serious loss, maybe they personally are struggling with something on such a level that you know, you know it's a good season in their life, look for that person to invite. So let, let me review it. We, we learned this from Andrew. We, we learn it again from uh, Philip. Three things. Look for those with whom we have relational credibility, spiritual affinity, and situational probability. All right? So let me ask you a question. This is a bit of a test. If you were, maybe I should ask this first. How many here like apples? Can I see your hands? A really good sweet apple, Fuji apple. I guess they're the sweetest of all. Okay. So let's just say there was a 12-foot apple tree. And I know some of you are thinking, man, you don't go to orchards because they don't let them get that big. But, but let's just suppose there was a 12-foot apple tree. Some of them might get 12-foot. And you see a few delicious Fuji apples at the very top. There's only a few. There's only two or three. But they're, they're beautiful. They're delicious. But, but hanging down at the bottom of the tree... Well, there's just rows and rows of beautiful fuji apples 10 20 30 fuji Fuji apples all right now this is a trick question here it is you're an apple lover are you going to go and find a ladder and climb to the top or are you going to grab the apples that are at the bottom within your reach how many are going to go get the 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 ladder can i see your hands okay i'm not sure why (laughs) (laughs) of course most of us lazy beings that we are i'm i'm gonna grab the low fruit how about you how many will grab the low fruit why not why not the spirit of god is telling us through this passage of scripture with andrew going and getting his brother who he knew was open who he had relational credibility with spiritual affinity and and situational probability philip going and getting nathaniel The Spirit of God is telling us you and I have low-hanging fruit in our life. We have people that we could invite that are easier to reach. They're more likely to respond. Why would I go and try to convert my next-door neighbor who is a militant atheist who goes around the country debating against Christianity when I could invite somebody that I have... A relationship with who i know is spiritually open and who i know it's a good season in their life that's what the spirit of god is trying to tell us here. so so stop for a minute. stop and just listen could you perhaps and i'm not saying you need to do this now but perhaps before this day is out could, could you maybe get along with god and just write out a list and say you know all things considered i think i think these might be the people in my life that are the Easiest, or would be the easiest for me to invite, and would be the most likely to actually come see. Remember what what Philip says to Nathaniel. He says, "I'm not going to argue with you, man. You you just come see, come see." Let me ask a question: How many in here were invited to church by someone, and you later became a Christ follower, but you were first invited by someone just to come to church? Can I see your hands? I'm curious look look just look around spin your head a little bit if you want look around hands all over the room the power the power of a simple invite andrew goes and invites his brother he becomes peter the apostle who continues to change lives to this day a simple invite and you're inviting the person that is the least scary for you to invite it's the person that you don't think is going to bite your head off that you don't think is going to argue with you about the the proofs of the faith and things like that no 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 it's the people that are that are easy that are wide open that like you we sometimes as christians i think invest way 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 too much time going after that fruit at the top it takes all the time to get the ladder and then you got to climb up and then you only get a couple pieces of fruit when there's all this luscious fruit so available so easy right at the bottom by the way you may be led by God to invest your life in just getting those hard to reach people like the militant atheist debater or the the Muslim cleric that hates America and you know I mean you may be led to do that God bless you but I think for most of us this puts it within our reach okay so why why might i invite these people and here's where we get into some just biblical basics why might i invite them number one god's love listen to this verse from romans 5 8 but god showed his great love for us how how did you show your great love for us by sending christ to die for us while we were what still sinners anybody in here still a sinner see your hand if you're still a sinner can I see your hand now here's the difference since Christ awakened me at age 23 to sin as being something that's damaging me hurting me destroying me destroying the world sin is something I no longer want to do sin is something that I have um, what's the word I'm trying to look at continuously tried to rid my life of but the truth of the matter is it's something in, in areas we all still struggle with so it says that christ died for us god loved us while we were still sinners we what i'm trying to say is this is sometimes we get this all confused we think you know before before god's going to be interested in me i I have to i have to repair some things i have to clean myself up i I have to do some things maybe i have to give some money maybe i have to do some penance maybe i have to go for some crusade somewhere or, or something i have to do something to clean myself up but that's not true God just loves us because of who he is not because of the condition that we are in when when you go to the doctor do you you feel concerned that you have an illness do you you feel almost uncomfortable oh man I hate to have to admit to the doctor I'm sick you know I, I just wanted him to think I was just coming in for a visit just to see how he or she was doing no no and the doctor does not give us a hard time the doctor assesses what's wrong with us it doesn't matter who we are it doesn't matter how badly we maybe have treated our bodies the doctor assesses what's wrong with us and just tries to help us God loves us he wants to rescue us he wants to heal us he does not wait for us to do something to earn some of you you're stuck for years you've been thinking you've got to earn god's favor you you think there's something you've got to do and if you don't keep doing this thing whatever it is to earn god's favor that that you you can't be assured of his love and here's the thing when you and i were still outright sinners using god's name maybe as a curse word not thinking about him at all he already loves us it's because of who he is he wants to do us good but he can't do us good unless we find him desirable and trustworthy because when we find him desirable and trustworthy then we put ourselves in his hands and we listen to him and we start living the way that he designed us to live so one of the reasons we ought to invite people and i did use the word ought there but i don't want you to do something based on feeling uncomfortable or guilty but one of the reasons that God would have us to invite people is simply because he loves people. He loves all people. You'll never meet a person in God. You say, Randy, but they're really truly evil people. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. And God cannot reach everyone. The scripture is honest about that. But he still loves them. It's just that they'll never enjoy his love because they're not open to it. But he wants us to invite. Who are we talking about inviting? We're talking about inviting people we have relational credibility with. We're talking about people we have spiritual affinity with. We're talking about people that it's probable that they would feel comfortable. It's it's the right time, it's season in their life for them to maybe follow through on an invitation. Question again How many of you, when you were invited to church, but it took more than one invitation? Can I see your hands? I'm curious, how many were invited at least four or five or more times before you finally came? Again, hands all around. Tuck this away, because I know sometimes it can get encouraging. You invite somebody, you invite them again, and then they don't come. So we invite people because God loves people. We also invite people for this reason, for our desire. I mean, from the moment that I became a Christ follower and I found out that God wa- actually wanted me to go and, and invite people to come and meet him I, I, first of all it just blew me away that I got to do that and, and it still blows me away to this day that I get to do this that I get to tell people the greatest truth in the world that I get to offer people the greatest gift L- listen to me here's one thing I've learned you cannot give a human being a greater gift impossible I don't care what it is you cannot give a human being a greater gift than to invite them to come and meet Christ if they will open their heart if they will find Jesus desirable if they will find Jesus trustworthy and become his follower I promise you that will do more for them the quality of their life than anything else that can be done so our desire when you find out when you find out about a good restaurant a good new restaurant in Frederick how many of you you just can't wait to tell somebody can I see your hands yeah we we love to share good news you know as soon as we get a hold of some good news man we like to pass it on to somebody we should I'm using ought and should but but I'm using it hopefully that you understand what I'm saying it's not to put a guilt trip on you it's not to put pressure on you at all but I'm just saying it should be a more more or less spontaneous thing that we ought we should invite people just because we got the goods man we have got good news for them their life is important they're significant God loves them he's for them he wants to give them everything that they need for their health and development and healing he wants to fix them not only in this life but he wants to prepare them for an eternal existence that every human being has always wanted but we know that no human being can bring about so so this good news should be something that prompts our desire i'm going to just ask the question how many of you how many of you would love to see all your friends all your family members all your loved ones all your work associates if you could blink your eye and they could they would become full-blown christ followers desiring jesus and trusting him fully how many would love to see that happen can i see your hands there it is that's the spirit of God pulsating through you putting that desire in your heart and your mind but it doesn't happen unless somebody invites somebody it takes that little bit of that little bit of courage why why do we get afraid why are we so hesitant to invite even the people that are our friends well Randy I'm really scared to invite my friends because then they might not be my friend anymore well take the risk I think you'll be surprised that even the people that might say you know that's your thing man it's not my thing they're still going to admire you they're still going to love you they're still going to respect you and here's what I've learned the people that tell you sometimes now hey man it's not my thing you know they're kind of giving us the message back off watch what happens as life goes on sometimes those very same people they come back and they say hey man that conversation we had a while back can, can we revisit that I have had that happen I know this is the way human nature works so We should, we ought, I'm saying it, invite because of God's love for people, and He wants us to, and for our own desire. We just can't wait to give somebody something good, particularly when it's free. And we have received a free gift, and we can offer that free gift to others. And then finally, this we oh I'm 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 sorry. Um let's skip that and let's just go to the next point. Let's skip that verse. Because of their need now this is one that sometimes we have difficulty with because maybe your family members in particular it can be it can be difficult for you to approach them uh, because you may not be able to see their need or you may feel that that they won't easily see their own need or they may feel offended that you think they have a need there there are some people here's what I'm trying to say there's some people that think hey what what what's the problem here I'm good enough for God I'm as good as you are. You think you're better than me? You think I, you think just because I don't go to church, there's something wrong with me, that me and God are not good? No, no, no. That's not what we're saying at all, but sometimes people can can get that message. But here's what Scripture says. Here's what God himself says. He says that every single human being, the best, the brightest, the most successful, the kindest, the most loving, the most compassionate... Every human being, it says in Colossians 1.16, it says, We were made by Christ and for him, and apart from him, life does not cohere. Listen to what it says in Acts 4.12. It says, There is no one else who can, what does it say? Rescue. rescue us. There's no one else who can rescue us, and there is no other name under heaven given to any human by whom we may be rescued. It's talking about Jesus. Now, maybe your friend, your family member, your work says you're thinking. Well, what do I need to be rescued from? Well, every human needs to be rescued, first of all, from the darkness that we have apart from our Creator. Our Creator lives in another dimension. Jesus in his life and ministry taught things that human beings could not know about the other dimensional realities, the heavenly realities, the eternal realities. And the scripture says, God himself says that human beings that have not reconnected with their creator, that we walk around in darkness. The scripture even goes further. Sometimes it says that that we are like the walking dead. It says we're dead even while we live because we are apart from extra dimensional truth and so we need to be rescued from our ignorance we don't know who we are we don't know why we're here we don't know how to live we don't know what's happening in the world and and where it's going to end we don't know what the future holds what eternity holds we need to be rescued from sin we think sometimes what god calls sin is fun it's pleasurable it's enjoyable and the scripture says for a season it is but then it's destructive So we need God to rescue us from our ignorance. We need to be rescued from our habitual destructive habits and many, many other things. And and it's it's only God as he's revealed himself in Christ that can win our desire and our trust sufficiently so that we follow him fully, freely, and forever so that he can start to free us from these things that inevitably, inevitably bring destruction upon us and destruction upon those that interact with us so Jesus is the only one that can rescue us in the ways that we need to be rescued and this is for the best and the brightest as well as those that have obvious needs in their life so we should invite people because of God's love because of our desire and because of their need now I want to close in a little bit of an unusual way today let's just suppose that you had a dream and this was a peculiar dream as soon as you woke up from it you knew that this was not your everyday dream and let's just suppose something else that you are somebody that's really knowledgeable about God's word your mind is is saturated with scripture so that's the backdrop of your worldview. you see things from a mind that is full of God's word and this dream that you had it fit you knew that it fit within the parameters of God's word because Jesus said go into all the world and make disciples of all nations and baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit And I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Teach them to obey everything that I've commanded you, and I'm with you to the end of the age. So you knew that this dream, was it fit within the parameters of Scripture, and you knew it was just not an ordinary dream. And here's what happened in the dream. In the dream, an angel appears to you, and the angel says that the Lord has sent me to tell you that there's a mission for you, there's an opportunity for you. And you're just like awed you're you're just awed at the angel and and the thought and angel says now here's the thing i have to ask you this mission will require that you do some inviting of other people and the angel says let me ask you this if i were to tell you there is someone that god knows you will be the key you will be the catalyst if you invite this someone if you nobody else but you if you invite this someone they will turn to christ their life will be dramatically changed their family will be changed generations of dysfunction that existed prior in their family that that'll all go away that 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 cycle will be broken they will touch other lives and a a chain reaction of beautiful blessings will pour out but it'll all start with this one person and you're the one you're the one that god wants to use but but here's the thing Would, would you would you be willing would you be willing the angel says to you if you had to invite 10 people or one person 10 times, would you be willing to take the assignment? And in the dream, you say, of course, of course I would, I'd, I'd be honored. The angel says, okay, bear with me, the angel says, but, but I, have to, I have to be real with you. What if, what if you had to invite 20 people or one person 20 times? Would you still take the assignment? And you say, "Of course I would." To, to see somebody's life transformed for time and eternity? Of course, of course I'd invite 20 times." And, and then the angel says, "Bear with me, but but what if you had what if you had to invite a hundred people, or one person a hundred times? Would you? still take the assignment and that's the question that i know god is asking each and every one of us that are christ followers here today what if what if i'm so confident folks i'm so confident i just i just know if you let the spirit of god give you some confidence and we're talking about invite the person that is the least threatening for you but you might have to do this again and again and again I know God will use you you will be the instrument to bring eternal change into someone's life but it starts it starts it starts when you and I just say you know what I'm going to do what Andrew did I'm going to do what Philip did I'm going to look I'm going to pray and I'm going to just start inviting people to meet jesus where he's at in churches that are faithful to his word that love god love righteousness love people i'm just going to start inviting the spirit of god put that on my heart i know he's telling that to us as a church it's not meant to me make you feel guilty it's not manipulative you handle this between yourself and God, but, but you can hold me to it. If you'll take this step, I think you'll look back and you'll say, man, oh man, oh man, this took me into an adventure of seeing other lives blessed and changed that I never, ever would have dreamt that I, that I, that I could be used by God that way. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the kindness of your good welcoming heart and spirit you know us individually you know the fears we have you you know the problems the unique problems we may have in doing something as simple as inviting those that are easiest to invite may you help us to overcome this And may your spirit just find new freedom to move through our lives in ways that he's never been able to move before. And may we see the results and may we celebrate forever because this day your spirit was able to capture our attention and to infuse us with the loving boldness that you wanted us to possess. We ask all this in Christ's name. Amen.